This contest is scheduled for one fall with a 20-minute time limit. History was indeed made. How tired are you guys of hearing that? It's WWE Hell in the Cell. More importantly, this is the 20-minute time limits review of WWE Hell in the Cell, which went down live from Boston, Massachusetts, the TD Garden, home of the former Raw Women's Champion, Sasha Banks. That's right. Tonight, it was Charlotte all the way, keeping her pay-per-view record intact, becoming the three-time Raw Women's Champion. Well, she was just the Women's Champion, but now, no, so I guess you got to split them now. There's SmackDown and Raw, so she's the three-time Raw Women's Champion, and they made history. I'm going to say it one more time. I'm pretty sure you're going to hear it again. There's still a Monday Night Raw still to come tomorrow or later on this morning, later on today, I should say, uh, depending on when you're listening to the 20-minute time limits review of WWE Hell in the Cell, which went down live on the WWE Network. I don't know if you guys can hear it in the background, but right now I'm listening to Raw Talk. That's right. Uh, it is the blatant ripoff of Talking Smack. So, uh, wow, we've got Lita, Booker T, Jerry the King Lawler joining Renee Young. So we'll see how this thing goes down. But let's get straight to it. It's Hell in the Cell. History was made inside of Hell in the Cell for the first time ever. The women, the women got inside Hell in the Cell. They also got outside of Hell in a Cell. And I got to say, right from the top, we're going to start with the main event. Sasha Banks, Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. The beginning of the match was absolutely awesome. It was the best thing that could have happened for this match. Just to, I, I can't, you know what, I don't think it was, it was maybe the last time I saw the cage kind of come down and then stop was King of the Ring 98 when it was Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Kane in a first blood match and the cage kept coming down and then getting raised back up because it wasn't Hell in the Cell that match. But this one, it comes down and then Charlotte just throttles, jumps Sasha Banks from behind, knocks her outside of the ring. I love too that, uh, you know, it, I thought I was thinking for a second. Oh my goodness! Like she's Sasha Banks is on the outside of the ring, and this cage is coming down. It's going to crush her, but it stopped. So I was like, oh, okay, that's good, that's good. And then they roll to the outside, and, and they start fighting out into the crowd, and then they come back, and then Charlotte's going to. Well, Sasha Banks clears off the announce table. And then Charlotte's going up there because Charlotte's going to do something crazy. Sasha Banks goes up and meets her. And then Charlotte slides off the cage, grabs Sasha Banks, and power bombs her through the announce table. Absolutely amazing. Awesome. I loved it. I even loved Sasha Banks being stretchered off. I loved the EMT guys coming down. And then the... The second that they announced that Charlotte was going to win the women's championship in that fashion, Sasha Banks gets up, 
beats the crap out of a few doctors, kicks a few referees to the side, gets in the ring, and we finally get the match. And I made a running tally of all the bumps that Sasha Banks took in this match. The announce table, the monkey flip against the cage where she lands on her neck. She hits the the cell, slides down the cell, hits and lands on her neck, the back of her neck. Uh, There's the exploder suplex into the turnbuckles that we see so often. Uh, The sidewalk slam onto the chair. Going through the tables at the end of the match, the tables just would not give. But you know what? To Charlotte's credit, she tried a couple times and then eventually hit her with the natural selection to win the Raw Women's Championship. This match was amazing. You know what? If you watch Aftermath and if you listen to the 20-Minute Time Limit podcast and if you listen to the Top Turnbuckle podcast regularly, you know, I've said this before, I have a morbid sense of entertainment when it comes to Hell in the Cell and I need to see something crazy. I need to see something batshit insane happen inside Hell in the Cell, or else it is literally a match with a cage around it, with a cell around it. The spectacle of it is amazing. I'll give it that. But there have been instances in the past in Hell in the Cell, inside Hell in the Cell, where the matches just have not lived up to expectation. Now, I'll get into the other matches later on, but I'm sticking with the women's match. For me, Sasha Banks hitting the suicide dive, hitting the double knees, and knocking Charlotte up against the cage. I will say this at one point in this match, you know, and, and I, I think everybody would agree that at one point in this match, Sasha Banks had taken, at tw- even as the match is finished now, Sasha Banks took the most punishment in that match. I mean, at one point, she had her head sla- slammed against the stairs on the outside. You know what? She looked better in this match. That at one point, I was looking at Charlotte going like, you know, you kind of half went through a table. You sli- you didn't get pushed off the top rope. You slipped down, and then you kind of got pushed off. And it was a little bit of a weak, a weak table, you know, a weak table spot, a weak table moment, whatever you want to call it, the holy shit moments or whatever they call them. But Charlotte looked wrecked. She looked absolutely wrecked. I mean, even the part two where uh, Sasha Banks had Charlotte in the middle rope and she likes to jump up and do the double knees to the gut and then setting that chair down in between the bottom rope and the middle rope. Absolutely fantastic. This match met my expectations. Now, I know I predicted that Charlotte would do something crazy off the top of the cage. I mean, basically, I figured any one of them was going to do something crazy. I, You know, I thought they were going to go off the top of the cage. I'm not going to lie to you. That That is how determined these women are. I mean, that is just the perception of watching these women week to week is that they're insane. They're crazy. But in the best possible way because they are entertaining us, the WWE Universe, the fans. And for me, this match, main event, it was it lived up to expectation. I mean, this match for me is... Maybe not as good as Bailey versus Sasha Banks at the first NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, but it's like a close second. Like, we're talking just inches. Minuscule little inches. That's all we're talking. Uh, this was absolutely fantastic. Now, I was thinking about this as the match was going on. You know, obviously, Hell in the Cell is a yearly pay-per-view. Um, I don't know if I want to see three. I don't know if I can take three Hell in the Cell matches in this pay-per-view. I mean... and. 
this is three Hell in the Cells in this one pay-per-view. We saw Hell in the Cell at WrestleMania. I'm good if we see Hell in the Cell once a year. Maybe twice. Maybe twice. I don't need to see four Hell in the Cell matches. Uh, and as I was watching this main event match, I thought to myself, man, I feel bad for whoever has got to get inside Hell in the Cell next year if, in fact, they have another women's Hell in the Cell match. Now, that's the part where I'm thinking to myself, maybe we need to take a year off. Like, maybe we just need to let this one marinate. You know, put it in the bowl, let it marinate, put the wrap over top of it, put it in the fridge, let it sit there, let it marinate. And let's not, maybe let's not do another women's Hell in the Cell match. Unless it's absolutely 100% necessary. Unless the storyline, the way this storyline was going, you know, these, it had to happen this way. Like, this was the finale. This was the nail in the coffin for this feud at this point. Now, obviously, given the fact that the women's divisions are, are fairly small, we'll see this again at some point, I imagine. But this was a great way to, you know, this whole summer... This matchup that we were just drooling over, salivating for. We didn't get it at WrestleMania. We got a wicked triple threat match. But we were waiting for this one-on-one opportunity. Charlotte, Sasha Banks. It was the summer of Sasha Banks and Charlotte. And we got it. And now it's over. And I I don't know if I want to see another women's Hell in the Cell match. But maybe. I could probably be talked into it. I will say that. So um, let's move down the card. So let's just go from main event to the beginning. Uh, the Raw tag team titles. First of all, I want to say that I, I, I love the placement. And I, I kind of figured that this was the way it was going to go. Open the show with a Hell in the Cell match. Midway through another Hell in the Cell match. And then close it, obviously, uh, with Hell in the Cell. I will say, before we get to New Day and Sheamus, I did like the fact that they brought down the cage for this like it was like the other two matches the cage was already down and the superstars entered and i'll get to that a little bit later but i did like the fact that for the final one they brought it down and they let these women uh you know look at this structure that was coming down and i love the look on their faces too you know charlotte just nervous like freaking out i love that um but i I didn't feel the same for the guys for the dudes. But anyways, we'll get to that. So next up, Raw Tag Team Titles. It's New Day versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, I loved Kofi coming down to the ring and he was wearing Gronk's uh, signature Nike shoes. And I love the the 69 chance. And if you guys don't know, uh, you know, the reference, basically uh, Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski of the New England Patriots heading into this Sunday, into today's Matchup against the Buffalo Bills was uh, a, a touchdown shy of setting the record for New England Patriots tight end or blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. He got the 69th touchdown today, so the crowd was chanting that. Now, there was also probably a, a, a secondary reference. Uh, I, this is a PG podcast, uh, so um, you know what, everybody, if you want to look further into this, just go and Google Rob Gronkowski 69, and I'm sure you can do the reading on your own. But anyways, getting back to the match, uh, there was a point where um, Cesaro did the perfect 10, and I really like that. And that was after, I believe they were, uh, I believe Sheamus was doing the whole uh, hammering on the chest of Xavier Woods, and they were counting to nine, and then Cesaro tagged him on the back and then did uh, an uppercut for ten, and they flashed him the perfect ten. I thought that was really cool. I love the interaction between Cesaro and Sheamus. I like how it's a heel and a babyface team, and I would have liked to see more of that. I would have liked to see 
more of that in the match and, and that determining the flow of the match. Like, towards the end it happened, you know, obviously, and at the beginning you get that in, in the backstage segments, but I would have liked to see that, uh, uh, you know, play out in the match. Uh, Corey Graves had a bunch of... Always, he's always got something. He's always got a few gems that he spits out. Uh, but he had one in this one where he was talking about the merry-go-round, uh, about the unicorn uh, with uh, Cesaro doing the King of Swing. And I just, I you know, had to chuckle. He had to LOL at that one, right? Um, Cesaro countering the sharp into the sharpshooter, and this would lead to the end of the match uh, where Sheamus on the outside hits. Biggie with uh, Francesca too, and then Kofi Kingston comes in. I believe he hits him with Trouble in Paradise, and then that's the DQ finish. New Day retain the titles. They're still the champs. Demolition's record. Oh my goodness, they are getting dangerously close. I do not want to see that. I'm a big Demolition fan, a huge Demolition fan. I do not want to see them break that uh, that uh, consecutive days as tag team champions. So uh, hopefully. Cesaro and Sheamus maybe get a rematch on Raw and then we get to see the tag team titles change hands or you know what the club the club beat Enzo and Cass I'm going to jump out of order here because that match to me other than Enzo and Cass lighting up the club on the mic calling them Andy and Big Gal uh, that match to me just you know what wasn't great it was a it was a good tag team match uh but you know what? Like I just, there was something missing out of it, you know. And and maybe it's the whole dud thing and the fact that you know, the Bullet Club really aren't living up to these expectations that have been put on them. You know, everybody's saying, well, everybody being, you know, Michael Cole basically is saying, you know, that this team is is dominating. They want to dominate. They're a fearsome team, and and yet they keep losing matches, and then they shock us with a surprise win against Enzo and Cass. So, I mean, maybe there, and that, you know, somebody, I believe it was Saxton said during the match, like a win here could, could put them, any team in line for a tag team title match. So, man, we may get the club versus New Day again. I really hope we don't. I hope Enzo and Cass somehow can can weasel their way into uh, into getting a tag team match or something. Uh, but let's move on. Uh, on Raw, Raw Talk right now, they're talking about the Cruiserweight Championship match uh, that happened earlier tonight. And this is a similar situation to uh, Sheamus and Cesaro because there's, there's some sort of uh, indifference between the two, TJP, TJ Perkins and the Brian Kendrick and uh, you know the backstage segment where Brian Kendrick's like you know I need you to let me win you know and and TJP is saying no man you need to channel the Brian Kendrick I you know I remember and and wrestle me and and beat me and and Brian Kendrick's like no you need to let me win and you know whether it's mind games or whether he really he's like the man with the plan right as his theme song says so whether or not that was his plan to just sort of you know let that little that let 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 that sit in TJP's head. Let it marinate, as I, I've said before. Or um, you know what, whether or not that was going to come into play, I don't know. Either way, I would have liked to see that play out a little bit more. And we started to see it. We started to see it, and, and we got moments of it. But I really would have liked to see that be the cause of the ending of the match. Now, I, I did like the end. I liked that uh, Kendrick fooled. TJP and then hit him with a headbutt and then made him tap. I like that. I think Brian Kendrick as the cruiserweight champion 
is going to be good for this division because now you're going to get a bunch of guys like Cedric Alexander, Rich Swan, TJP. Imagine will get a rematch. Uh, you'll get to see these guys chase this guy, and this guy is a really good character, and he's got a really good story. Uh, you know about basically this whole thing being his last chance and the fact that he you know made mistakes earlier in his career and now he's gonna you know really take advantage of the second chance that he's been giving there was a few spots in this match that were kind of a flop um the taping of the hand to the rope you know and at one point tjp is just holding his hand there i mean good for him to recognize that but you know what take the time man to just do it i don't know you know obviously each match has a a, a time limit you know like guys are given a certain amount and a, a certain amount of time to go out and perform but you know what you got to you got to nail that man like little things like that cuz then you could i could feel the crowd sitting on my couch i and i could hear them just sort of it was like yeah you know do you guys ever hear that when you're watching WWE and you can just feel the crowd just go oh like the air just sucked out of them TJP's fun to watch though man uh that detonation kick that he has was was really cool uh and then like i said you know what uh the desperation from kendrick would have liked to see it more uh moving on we've got now the wwe universal championship match this was a really good hell in the cell match i really enjoyed this one too i thought you know if you're not going to go to the outside if you're not breaking through the cage we need to see carnage in these matches and we got that here uh you know ko with the cannonball with rollins against the cage was fun uh, Seth suplexing KO onto the ring apron. Every time I see that move, whether it's even whether it's KO's power bomb onto the ring apron, anytime I see that, it's the stiffest part of the ring, uh, as Jimmy Corderas has told me. And every time I see it, I cringe uh, because it just looks so so painful. Uh, I really loved the fire extinguisher. I loved the referee getting injured. Y2J found his way into the ring uh, as we all sort of figured he would, I think. I think that was sort of the given that everybody thought Y2J was going to obviously get involved in this match one way or the other. I was holding out hope that we'd see Triple H. We still have not heard or seen Triple H. I mean, now... Obviously, he could show up at Survivor Series similar to the way uh, with Sting. And then that could be the whole Seth Rollins, Triple H lead up the beginning of their match that I I assume we're going to see at WrestleMania. But uh, I was really holding out hope it would be Triple H. But instead, it's Y2J. So, you know what? We're potentially going to see Y2J and KO down the line. Uh, you know what? They're they're not going to be able to coexist as friends uh, for very much longer. That's the way I see it happening. But uh, Rollins powerbombing KO through two tables. Uh, the turnbuckle po- bomb, sorry, to Y2J on the outside. I love the fact that Rollins had to fight both guys and then just it just got to be too much for him. He just couldn't fight off both KO and Kevin Owens. Or sorry, Kevin Owens and Y2J, sorry. Uh, and then Owens uh, powerbombing Rollins through the chairs and then uh, retaining the title. I love the match. I thought it was really good. I, it, I expected that to be the best of the men's matches. I thought it, for sure this is going to be the best one. And I'm pretty sure it was, in my opinion, at least. Uh, working down the card, we might even hit the time limit here. But really quickly, uh, Bailey and Dana Brooke. That was a snoozer, in my opinion. I mean, Bailey looks great. She got the win. So everybody out there who's panicking that, uh, what, you know, what's happening to Bailey? She's being buried, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she got the win. And, and I'll say this. I've tweeted it out. 
I believe what what is happening is Bailey is the underdog, and that's how she got to be so popular in NXT was just that underdog story, and that's exactly what's happening here. You know, you she needs to lose matches, and she's gonna do so, and and she will that underdog story will be told, and I believe it'll culminate at WrestleMania, and we'll have Bailey. Potentially win the NXT, sorry, w, w, Raw WWE uh, Women's Championship. I'm I'm fumbling my words here, guys. Uh, forgive me. It's 2:30 in the morning. I had to watch uh, Hell in the Cell late. I had to put it on uh, the PVR. So let's get to the last match. It's uh, the United States title match. It was the first match of the show. Roman Reigns versus Rusev. You know what? This one for me. Uh, this was too much. You know what? This was too much, and it, it, it was wasn't a bad match. It had some spots in it that that were fun. I, I loved Reigns going into the stairs that were uh, placed on the top turnbuckle, and then they went shooting off as he crashed into them. Uh, Rusev's use of the chain when he had Roman Reigns locked into the accolade. I mean, just the imagery and the spectacle of it all was was a lot of fun. Um, and then Reigns hitting the Samoan drop on the steps, the steel steps. Uh, and then he speared Rusev off the steps and uh, retained the United States Championship. So it wasn't a bad match, but I just feel like it was too much. You know, and, and it didn't ruin KO and uh, Seth Rollins, and it didn't ruin Sasha Banks and Charlotte. Nothing could ever ruin that match. I mean, it's the first of its kind, two women inside Hell in the Cell, made history. Uh, I'll point that out to you guys. Just in case you didn't know, it made history. Uh, but I really felt like the Roman Reigns-Rusev match was too much. I think uh, we're beyond rubber match territory with these guys. And, I, like, I just, I'd love to get away from that. Altogether, get away from the rubber matches. You know what? If you want to have one match and a rematch, fine. But I don't know, man. I'm really starting to. It's really starting to wear on me. These rubber matches, having to go three, and and, and with Raw in between, you're you know you're seeing four, five, maybe even six times. You know, so I'm just done. I'm interested to see where this goes. This is the one thing like I cannot picture where this is going. What's happening? going to happen with Roman Reigns is it maybe Braun Strowman next that would be pretty cool um but you know might not work out in the end for Braun Strowman I mean it is Roman Reigns after all right I mean he was the chosen one he might still be the golden boy he was the champ at the beginning basically at the beginning of the year and uh, well into the spring and summer so uh you know what Braun Strowman would be a good opponent for him though but what's next for Rusev I feel like he's the he is the U.S. title, you know, like it it, it is his title. Like I I just I don't know where he goes from here. I don't know. I have a hard time imagining Rusev without the U.S. title. Like it, it's really his title. All right, so we heard the bell. Uh, we've reached the time limit in this review podcast. Uh, obviously, time management wasn't my strong suit. This past week, so uh, I missed doing a 20-minute time limit podcast, but me, Johnny Gale, ADC, Andrew David Cox, we did a Top Turnbuckle podcast, and we had Simon Marcus on there. He's going to be at Survivor Series in Goldberg's Corner, Uh, but enough about that. I will be back this week with a 20-minute time limit podcast. I promise you guys that, Uh, but before I go, I'm going to give Hell in the Cell four out of five. And I'm going to give it a B. I really enjoyed this pay-per-view. And I really enjoyed the matches that were 
a big deal. I enjoyed KO Seth Rollins. I enjoyed Charlotte and Sasha Banks. All these matches delivered. And I feel like this pay-per-view delivered. It was a great pay-per-view. So hopefully you guys enjoyed Hell in the Cell as much as I did. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this review. And until next time, guys, this is Chris Morrison from Aftermath, your sports entertainment analyst, your wrestling pundit, and I'm out.